Some of the issues discussed in this podcast may cause emotional distress and will not be suitable for a younger audience or for those who may feel triggered by any of the sensitive subjects mentioned. For more information on this and the support available for anyone affected, please see our episode description before moving forward. Thank you. Welcome to episode 8 of Spill the Gear with me, Sajeda. And me, Aisha. So, Aisha, what have you been up to? Have you bought anything online recently or anything like that? Oh my gosh, Saj. Do you know what? I've actually got a really funny story talking about online shops. So, I was scrolling through my Instagram the other day. I'm trying to whittle my numbers down and trying to just follow people that I genuinely like and know. I came across this account that I don't know how I follow and I don't know how we got there, but I ended up ordering a cream from them. Like, <laughs> I'm the most easiest person to sell to. Like, all, all that happened was she had a few posts, I read a few reviews, and I thought, you know what, it's not going to break the bank, and let me give it a shot. I am the most easiest person to just... Like you could sell me water or sand, and I'll probably buy it off you. That's how easy it was. <laughs> and, yeah, so it came. I've used it a few times. It's got a really weird smell to it but do you know what my skin's feeling quite good about it it's a good way to support small businesses I suppose I know it's like all homemade and everything it's so weird and I just ordered it and it's here lockdown three is hard I bought so much rubbish I know I know I think everyone's feeling that way I know what about you have you bought anything in the last week um the only thing I've bought this week is concealer because I'm so done with doing full face makeup and I know that a lot of people have gone through lockdown not wearing any makeup at all but if I know I'm going to be on zoom or anything like that I like to cover up the dark circles and stuff just just a bit of help here and there so I bought a few concealers and I'm quite happy I bought um concealers that are worth like 10 pound in boots and I managed to find them online for like three quid so I'm right happy with that you know me I love a bargain yeah you are the queen of bargains (laughs) Oh. Okay, Sarge, time for our OMG moment of the week. You start, what happened? Anything exciting? Okay, so my OMG moment this week is the fact that I am starting a new job. It's quite, it's it's exciting, don't get me wrong, but I'm actually nervous about it at the same time. Mm. Um, I've spoken to a few people that I'm going to be working with and stuff like that, and they seem really nice, but it's like that whole new girl feeling, because yeah. I'm that person that when I go into work... Um, like I'll have my set of friends and I'll go in and they'll be like family to me. But starting work in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, there's already all these barriers between yourself and the other person. And then do you get what I'm saying? That, you know, sometimes when you're meeting new people through a computer screen, it can be quite hard, but uh, I can't wait to see how it works. Like it's actually quite a new experience and stuff. So I can't wait to see how it works. You've done it in the pandemic, flipping egg. When people, thousands and millions are losing their jobs, you've done it. Like, it's so good. I know that. But I think that, like, there's so many people out of work that it's become, I don't know. It's it's like you, you feel like you're never going to get there because 
you have that feeling of oh my god I'm up against like someone who's done this amount of work I'm up against someone who's like done this and who's got that much experience because it's all lots of different ages that are out of work it's not just the young people you know how, like before when we had the credit crunch and stuff it was mostly it was mostly students that got affected just in general I feel like you know in the middle of a pandemic trying to find a job and stuff it has been very difficult so anyone out there who's in the situation that I was uh, just a few months ago um I just hope the best for you and you know I know it's yeah, difficult and keep at it keep applying yeah. there are people taking on um you know there are vacancies out there so yeah you know fingers crossed like you say it's a difficult time but um living hope yeah what about you, Aisha? What's your OMG this week? So, Saj, I don't know if I told you about this, but a couple of weeks ago, I was on my local Facebook residence page and there's a lot of people moving down to this part of the country. This lady put on saying she's moving on this day and just asked, you know, about the local area and a few other things. And I just thought, you know what, she seemed really endearing. So I'll just message her randomly, just saying, you know, welcome to Folkestone. Um, here's my Instagram handle, you know, if you want to look at any any places, you know, locally and here if you need anything and, you know, um, kind of reach out if you need anybody. And I left out that. She replied back to me saying, thank you. Everything's going well so far. I don't have a moving date, etc. Left it. And then um, last weekend, we were at the beach, just having a little walk and... Um, yeah she went past one time we both looked at each other we smiled um and we just left it like you know I wasn't gonna say anything and I think she looked at me and we just kind of like you know hi so we walked past each other we crossed paths and um I think we just talked about the weather and like oh it's really cold you know that kind of thing and then she said oh it's my first day I've just moved today so I said so I said oh are you so-and-so and I mentioned her name the one that I messaged on Facebook and she's like yeah are you Aisha and I was like yeah oh do you know what? I know. And then we both stood there and we talked for ages. And uh, my husband, he was obviously stood next to me and he was just like, he remembered me emailing the yeah. random person. And he just couldn't believe that it all came together in front of him. So she had literally dropped her stuff off at her new flat. She needed to get out just to, you know, have some fresh air. And the first person that she bumped into was myself. Aww. So we both laughed about it. Oh yeah, we are in touch now and you know we message each other and yeah, it's going quite cute. And um she's she loves her walks. That's sweet. So Oh, you got making new friends already. I know. Um but I feel like t- talking about that story, I feel like that happens to you a lot, right? Because remember years ago when you bumped into Uncle Martin? Just randomly. Oh, yeah. And you just so, recognised him. Was that from Facebook as well that you recognised him? Well, he visited. So, sorry, just to let everyone know, Uncle Martin is dad's half-brother. And, um, yeah, he's half-white. But the thing is, he looks very much like dad. So I yeah, remember yeah, meeting him years and years ago. And then I was walking to town centre with a friend. And I looked at him from the side, you know, and I just knew that that was my uncle. It was dad, but a light version. That's all it was. <laughs> I, said to my friend, I said to my friend that I was walking with that I need to kind of turn back I, I know that's my uncle and I think at that point dad and his brother had actually lost touch as well I think they were yeah, out of yeah. touch for quite some time um so yeah I just went up to him I said are you uncle Martin and he was he looked at me a bit baffled and he was like yeah I am I think I remember exchanging numbers but I don't remember having a mobile phone so it might have been a quick jot down and you know give me some number and I took it home and I told dad and then that same evening dad had gone to pick his brother up and we had dinner together so yeah I love moments like that because it's a bit like destiny like it was meant to be same same so we're at the part of the show where we usually talk about our topic now Uh, our topic this week is the f word you what do you mean 
No, not that F-word. This is a family-friendly podcast, you know. Well, then what? Well, any F-word that you feel has some sort of importance in your life. Okay, let me start off. So my first F-word is fears. I think that with fears, there's so many aspects to it. So you've got the fear of missing out. You've got a fear of failure. You might have a fear of heights like you do. You know what? My fear of heights is getting worse as I'm getting older. Why? I thought it was getting better. No, do you know, like, even the thought of sitting on a roller coaster right now absolutely gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I could not... Do you know what? I know when I was younger, I used to conform, and a lot of peer pressure got me onto a lot of rides. I'm not going to lie, because I was always like, oh, do you want to hold my bags? And I was like, well, no, I don't want to hold your bags. So I used to just go on the roller coaster just not to be the bag holder. <laughs> but now, if somebody gave me a free ticket to go to, like, these big theme parks... No, thank you. Like, why would I put myself through that? I just don't get the adrenaline of heights and speed. I just do not get it. Are you saying to me that when you went on these roller coasters and stuff, you didn't enjoy any of it? Not at all. I used to hold on so tight. I used to shut my eyes the tightest I could. And as soon as it used to end, I used to be like, oh my God, I've survived. I've made it. And I'm fine. And I used to get off just shaking in like fear. And I, I can't even, like, even now, going to a theme park, I just don't think I could enjoy it. I really could not enjoy it. But you, on the other hand, mum, dad, older sister, you guys are all adrenaline junkies. Like, you love the theme parks. Yeah, I suppose that's just a fear that you've got in your head. But um, I feel like fears, for me, are like a barrier. Um, Only because they stop you, they limit you. It's like a limitation that's in your head. And sometimes it is mm-hmm. irrational. And I feel like, um, especially with things like fear of failure, I think a lot of people will stop themselves from doing something just because they think they're going to fail at it. But as an example, yeah. if I talk about this podcast, I mean, we could have a fear of failure of it getting anywhere or anything like that. And, you know, I think that sometimes you just got to do mm. and not worry about anything beyond that. Just do just do it and then at least you're doing something and if you enjoy it then go for it don't be scared of you know not getting success and or failing or anything like that because without trying you're not even getting anywhere and you're actually limiting yourself or you're staying stuck in that same position whereas if you combated your fears and just got on with it um I mean I'm still proud of you the fact that you tried the roller coaster at least you can say that you've tried them and you know you know that you don't like oh, I'll try everything once and if I like it I like it and if I don't then I really really will not go on it again but um I mean what's like I know we're talking about fear of missing out and you know the fear of failure but in life what's your fear like what really scares you Saj um I think fear of failure is like one of the massive ones I feel like I've um, stopped myself from doing a lot of things just because I'm scared that it's not going to get anywhere or I'm scared that other people will see it and be like what's what is she doing like you I think that's another fear being worried about what other people are going to think like what society is going to think or what other people are going to think about you doing something I think that that limits us a lot and I think especially in our culture brown culture I know that is in all society a lot of it because you know people people Mm. do judge each other a lot we've mentioned that before but um I think that yeah the fear of what other people will say is instilled in us a lot in our culture it sometimes seeps into what what kind of career you go into what kind of you know it seeps into a lot of your life of what other people are gonna say so what's your f word Aisha so my f word that I want to talk about was funny 
okay because I love humor and dad always says to me I mean mom and dad both I I can easily crack mom and dad both up very very quickly and I think you know having humor and being funny and you know watching funny videos or I'm a sucker for you know even on Netflix at the moment I'm watching um, Superstore absolutely hilarious comedy it proper gets me through my evenings especially when I've had a really tough day the last thing you want to be doing is watching something so morbid Um, so for me funny humor fun um, that's my next subject so do you think I'm funny like let's get it out there do you actually think I'm funny I don't think you're funny (laughs) personally most of the time when I'm laughing with you I'm laughing at your laugh (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna say that (laughs) You've got that funny laugh, that's all. But sometimes you are funny. I think me and you, we have to actually, you know what, I have to be truthful. Me and you have very similar humour because I remember we were playing that um, Cards of Humanity game and, you know, because it's all done anonymously and every time I put a card down, you were laughing at mine. And I remember afterwards you said to me that every time you put a card down, I was laughing at yours. You were howling at mine, yeah. Yeah, we have very similar humour. I think humour, you have to think of it. I think humour is very subjective though because what Mm. I might find funny other people might not and like you say I love I love superstar I love friends you know me if I'm watching something more than likely it will be a comedy show I enjoy laughing Mm. laughing is so much fun it's that escapism and I think the other thing that you know that really you know going back to funny is um do you know when like you see all people and you know sometimes they look really old and miserable they can't help it it's just the way the face is right and I always think that do you know when you make an old person laugh and you know when their frown literally turns upside down and they give that little smile do you not think it just gives some life and it's just so wholesome seeing somebody that looks so sad I mean remember mum uh, you took mum to the skip the other day there was a really miserable oh, old yeah, man yeah. and old mum said to him well bye lovey and he literally went from being a miserable old man to waving at mum and saying goodbye like that's so wholesome like we especially in the you know obviously we're not going to dwell on the current pandemic but you know we just need that bit of fun laughter happiness and just spread it wherever you go yeah but what I miss is comedy shows and stuff like that I think that um that's that's really missed. But you know what? Talking about comedy shows, you know things like You've Been Framed and Harry Hill's TV, but that doesn't make me laugh anymore. Like I, you, no. you know, when there's an element of pain or hurt, or if if um, if we're laughing at somebody else's expense, that proper kills it for me. But saying that, um, when I was a kid, I used to find it so funny. So maybe that's exactly. just kids' humour. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? So your humour actually evolves with you as you grow into an adult. I didn't know that. I just realised that now. Yeah, it definitely must do. Absolutely. Oh, Saj, talking about funny. (laughs) I can't believe I'm laughing already, but farts. Farts will always (laughs) be funny because it doesn't matter how old you are, where you are, what you're doing. If somebody lets one off, you're going to laugh about it. Oh, my God. The worst worst place that anyone could ever fart is in a lift. No, aeroplane. Aeroplane, I'm telling you now. Oh, my God. Every time I sit on an aeroplane, somebody will let one off. And then you're all looking around at each other like, who is it? Who is it? And the thing is, nobody's ever going to admit who the fart is. But the thing is, in an aeroplane, it lingers. I don't know what it is. Are you sure you're not sat near the toilet and you're just smelling people's poo smells? Could be, but honestly, that is the one thing I can't deal. Thankfully, I've never experienced that on an aeroplane. You know, the worst thing is like when you have colleagues that <laughs> fart a lot, because there used to be this guy at work and he used to fart all this. And he, <laughs> he was he was famous for it. Like he was known, he was known on the floor for being the farter. Yeah. But you know what? Work colleagues that become so comfortable and fart around you are 
elite. Like there's so few and far between because it just is. But you know, when they get to that level of farting, it's just hilarious. And that's the other thing. I will laugh at every single fart I ever hear. And I know everyone does it. And I know some are silent but violent. And I know some are loud and proud. But do you know what? We all do it and it's fine. But I will always laugh at them and I don't care. I thought you were in my 70s and I'll still laugh at a fart. So do you think the queen farts in a handkerchief though? Like seriously, do you think she's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Shall we move right. on from there? Because I think we're Let's going do down it. some hole that I don't think that we want to go down. A fart hole? <laughs> Oh, God, what is this? Oh, God. Right, on that note, let's talk about favourite, favourite topic, which is 40 winks. Do you know, I think this is apt because this morning I slept in and I know that you were waiting around for me. And you and I both know that when it comes to sleep, I love sleep. It comes to me very slowly, though, because, you know, I am someone who is up until, like, last night, four in the morning. And that's just... Because I can't sleep. See, I'm the other way. I go to sleep really early. I know. I would love to be like Because I disappear on you, don't I? I just, one minute I mess you, next minute my head hits the pillow and I'm absolutely sparkle, I'm gone. You need to invest in that lavender spray that I mentioned. Yeah, I know, I know you keep mentioning that. And I've actually got lavender oils and I've got this sleepy cream that um, a lot of people will know from like a really famous brand. But I've tried everything and nothing works for me. I've tried herbal teas. I've tried... Everything and nothing works. Nothing works for me. With me, I will always be, ever since I was a child, like even our parents will remember that I used to wake up in the middle of the night to eat and then go to sleep. And I think that is just me. Like I will forever be that person. But I can't wait to get old and to get exhausted enough to just hit the pillow and go straight to sleep. That is my dream. I don't think that'll ever happen for you, Sajiri. You've always been a late bird and then a late waker up or where else. I can sleep, even if I wake, go to sleep at four in the morning, I'm still an early bird. Like I can't, once my eyes open, I've got to be up. I can't sleep in. And I really regret, even as a teenager though, do you remember I used to still be up on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock? Yeah, remember I mentioned that because of you, I was up. If, if there was no you, you were like my alarm clock back then. True. But let's pull some sleep facts out because I quite like talking about sleep. It makes me happy. I've actually pulled up some true or false facts. So let's see how well you know um, your sleep myths or truths. So um, during sleep, your brain rests. True or false? I'm going to say false on that only because you dream. So your brain is still ticking. Okay, clever. Yeah, that's right. It says most people think of sleep as a passive dormant part of our lives. But it's actually um, psychologically and emotionally you're at your best. you're sleeping which is quite interesting talking about dreams I love dreams and I love like leaving on a cliffhanger and finishing off the day after as well how do you do that because you get to a point and then you wake yourself up and then you remember that I've got I get really vivid dreams like mum always said to me growing up Aisha you could make your dreams into movies like because I used to always tell mum when I used to wake up what my dreams were like and she used to always say to me do you you actually sleep because you because my dreams are quite action-packed and a lot of people that your dreams know, are weird. And you know, the weird thing is, I dream a lot about the people that has, that's in my life. Like, you know, work colleagues or, you know, people that I know in the street. And I, they come into my dreams so vividly. I tend to dream about people that I used to know. So I dream about, like, old colleagues or, you know, like, cousins that I haven't spoken to in ages. And I feel like, for me, that is like a, like a little message from someone saying, go and check in on that person. So I tend to go and then check in on that person. 
Do you ever dream about people that have passed away? I don't know. I can't really remember any of my dreams now. I think maybe I should keep a dream diary. Is that a thing? Keeping a dream diary? Oh my God, yeah, defo. Because I do have weird dreams. I, d- I did have a weird dream that day, but it's a bit weird in the sense that, I don't know, I don't really want to talk about it because it's a bit weird. But, oh no, I shouldn't talk about stuff like that. Never mind. Okay, so next up. Sleeping longer makes you gain weight, true or false? I'm going to say false on that one. Why? Because you're sleeping longer, you'll be eating less. Yeah, it says actually by adding one hour extra sleep, you lose pound, you lose one pound per week. I think I've seen that in like um, one of them, you know, them shows about weight and stuff. I feel like, you know, if you do exercise or something, um, you don't lose all your weight while you're exercising. You actually have to sleep and then during your sleep, you lose more. Maybe that's why you're slimmer because you, all them extra hours of sleeping, <laughs> an extra pound. <laughs> all right, all right. Yes, Hadj, I've got a fact for you. In an average person's life, how many years do they sleep away? A, 29 years of their life. B, 33 years of their life. Or C, 26 years of their life. First of all, I feel like I'm on I'm a celeb and I'm gonna get some um some gringo points or whatever it's called. Bingo dollars. I'm gonna stick to the middle and go with A just because it's a happy medium. So you think it's thirty-three? Oh no, I thought Oh no it was twenty nine. Hold on, A was twenty-nine. <laughs> oh, so you think twenty-nine? You're not a very good quiz master. I know. I don't think I'll ever make it to uh, as Chris Tarrant. But um no, it's 26 years of their life, but do you know, I think that's a lot of years sleeping. Yeah, but I enjoy sleep, so I think mine would probably be like 33. So my next F is finance. ching I think it's important to talk about this topic, actually, because um, I think in the UK, I, don't, I can't speak for other countries, but here, um, our financial education is not very good. And I have to say that in school, I barely learned anything. I didn't even know what a mortgage was. I, I knew what a mortgage was. I knew of it. And then until I started working for a bank, that's where I learned most of my financial stuff. Now, if I had worked in a bank ever, I reckon I would have no clue as to what anything financially related is. I would even know that, you know, with a credit card, whether that's more expensive than a loan, whether that's more expensive than this and that and comparing stuff. And I know that there's people, there's experts like Martin Lewis and all that helping us out and stuff, but it shouldn't have to be a case of, you know, having to find that information. It should be taught to you. And I know that parents have a responsibility, but at the end of the day, you do a lot of your learning in school and I think schools should give a basic financial education. What do you think? I'm totally with you, Saj. I mean, we got quite lucky that, you know, our parents uh, were quite frugal um, and they taught us quite well about finances. But when I started uh, my first year at university, you know, when I took my student loan on, I didn't know the, you know, what knock-on effect it'd have. Um, you know, you still got to pay it back. Uh, you know, there's an interest applied. Yeah. So... Things like that should have been really taught in, you know, just before we left year 11. And um, I mean, like you say about mortgages, a lot of it, we learned just doing it, asking friends and family, you know, trying to do our own research. And I really do think there should be a lesson at school that teaches the reality of finances and debt. Um, Debt should be a massive subject. I know so many, you know, friends and family, um, yeah. You know, even myself, I've been in debt. I'm going to admit it. it. You know, it happens. It it, it creeps on you. Um, and it's hard to get out of debt as well. But there's so many charities out there that help. But um, I will say that with debt, a lot of them side of money managing, 
that that's a topic that I would, you know, discuss at school if I could go back and add something to the curriculum or, you know, tell the teachers that, you know, this is subject. It'd be something about money managing, money matters. It'd be that kind of thing. And yeah, students or teach, you know, students really need to be taught about the real money issues of the world. Another thing that we really need to learn about in school and everywhere is scammers. You know, sc- scammers will target young students and they'll say to them, look, I'll send you this amount of money, you withdraw it, uh, you take X amount, and I'll take the rest. And they d- students don't realise that they're being used, and then they will get penalised for it, they will get fined and go to jail and stuff like that, and they don't realise how serious that is. So I think financial education, scams, fraudsters, all of that needs to be in the school curriculum. I don't know how it is at the moment, but it's not anywhere near where it needs to be at all. I know. And then on the flip side, you've just talked about obviously the youngsters, uh, you know, getting scammed and whatnot. Mm. But on the flip side, you get adults that are taking out loans on credit cards and, uh, you know, just to live the, you know, live a life to show others, which I think is very toxic as well. uh, If that makes sense, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses, but you live to your means. And I think that's the other thing that we all kind of need to educate ourselves as well, that, you know, yeah, it might be a £2,000 you know, payment plan and you're going to pay it off within so many years. But how are we to know that we're going to live until then to get paid off as well? I think a lot of the time with anything finance related, you don't learn about it until you get to that point. And then by then you kind of make a drastic really quick decision and you're like I don't know if I'm I still don't know if I've made mm. the right decision do you get me like when it comes to getting a mortgage and stuff you don't think about it until you're actually there and then you've got all these mortgage providers mm. like throwing all these figures and facts at you and oh this is what we can do for you this is what we and you just don't know which one mm. is the best option even at the moment have you noticed that there's so many um finance companies that are doing not percent interest which is Flip side, really good because you're not paying any interest. But on the other side, I mean, I read an article not long ago where somebody in lockdown had spent so much money in buying things on finance that eventually when they were getting paid, they were left with £54 in their bank account because they've got so much things. So finance is fantastic if you're buying a one-off thing or, you know, it's helping you now and you know you can afford it. But on the other side, it makes it so readily and easily available, you know, getting a car on finance it's so easy now I remember when we were younger people used to own it outright whereas now to have an old car I mean my car is like 2009 but I refuse to buy a car on finance because of my affordability I'm exactly the same because the only reason why I'm like that is you know I got made redundant in August um well beginning of August and I didn't know that that was gonna happen I didn't I didn't plan for it and you know when you get into that situation where you get something comes around the corner and you don't expect it that's when it hits you so I would rather prefer knowing like I can't even do mobile phone contracts anymore I would rather buy the phone outright and then I just do a sim only plan only because I just don't know what's around the corner and I have real fears and especially you know what this pandemic has taught me that though a lot more than any other time you know we had the credit crunch and stuff like that but it was never to this scale and you know a lot of people are out of work I know that we mentioned it before like in our OMG but a lot of people are out of work and it does relate to this that you know you don't know what's around the corner so you'd rather live within your means knowing that you've got something for a rainy day than blow everything and wait from paycheck to paycheck and I think that's another thing that we need to learn as a whole society to stop living paycheck to paycheck and I know it's easier said than done for a lot of us um, but where you can 
just try and small changes yeah yeah Yeah. moving on to our final subject which is fertility it's a subject very close to my heart and it's not something I quite openly talk about it's something that for me is is quite a personal journey and I know there's people out there who are you know very open about their fertility journey and what they're doing and um and how they're struggling but for me it's it's such a personal private thing that I literally only speak to I probably say a couple of good friends there's a few friends that are going through a similar journey as myself uh, but usually it's just between me and my husband and I think it's such a touching subject um you know I mean go- going back to when I first got married and I think within I'd say between the uh, probably the early years probably the first three years it was a question that was asked to me quite often quite abruptly as well um and I remember just um answering back just saying um oh you know just pray for us or um oh when the time's right that kind of thing and I think as the years went on the questions became less and less but them questions should have even been asked if you know what I mean yeah because it can it can be it's sort of like I know that I haven't been through it and stuff so I can't really comment a lot but it's kind of like a trigger it's a trigger question isn't it it's one of those questions that um it triggers something and you're a bit like how do I answer this and in the moment it can affect you and then later on you kind of think about it a lot as well don't you yeah I mean I've got a really good you know good friends um network that always look out for me and they'll always send me like little prayers to pray or different foods to eat or natural remedies and herbs that you could try and I'm so thankful and grateful that people still you know have the hope and it keeps you know gives me hope as well you know what I have respect for is people like Meghan Markle and Chrissy Teigen those are the ones that really spring out to me at the moment because they're the most recent ones um but the people who actually talk about it and they come across a lot of backlash when they do because a lot of people think of it as attention seeking and this and that and it's you know what sometimes it is women Mm. that attack other women about it I find it so comforting I mean I look up to celebrities who are so real and raw about it and just to put it out there no two fertility stories are the same at all they're so different they're so varied I mean the both time that I've had miscarriages both experiences have been so different and yeah when you know when some somebody of a public figure does talk about it it kind of makes it real that it's not just it's not Mm. just me going through it or me and a few friends even in the UK at the moment there's approximately 3.5 million people that are having fertility issues um so yeah that that's my thing and I think you know having Rory the cat has been such a blessing she's kind of filled such a big gap and a big void in my life and um, yeah I mean it's, it's a very difficult subject in my initial thing I when I went through you know the, through it the second time around the biggest thing I felt and I still remember to this day and it's quite raw is you feel less of a woman than than the woman that's just given birth you really do you really do feel um when you hear oh my god it's so sad It's so sad, isn't it? The thing is, I need to, I need to, I need to say this if that makes sense. Um, hold on, I don't want to squeak. Hold on. And I think the other thing that I wanted to mention as well, Saj, is um, as the years goes on, and you know, obviously, people around you will start having children, and you can't help but be happy for them. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I will always, I will always be happy for all my friends and family. But there'll always be a little part in your heart where it's, it kind of hurts a little bit as well. 
my last thing is to all you know the sisters in the same journey as me is that never lose hope like whether it happens now or whether in 10 years 15 years I've read stories of women that have actually given up thought they're on you know thought they've reached menopause because their uh, monthly cycles have stopped and lo and behold they've been blessed so never ever give up I know that there's not a lot of um, stuff that I can add to this personally but the only thing I can say is again with your whole thing about hope and everything but also that you know sometimes you just got to trust the process everything happens at the right time everything falls into place at the right time and hopefully that's the case here and I think the other thing is just being thankful for what you've got so I always believe that we'll never have everything in life. You know, it's something that Mm. nobody will ever have everything where they've got nothing to pray for. This gives me something to pray for. You know, there's people that say to me, oh, I should live next to the beach. You know, what an amazing place to be. Yeah, I might live next to the beach, but there's something, you know, that I'm missing something you've definitely got. So that is my thing that, you know, always be thankful and grateful for what you've got because you might look at somebody's life and think, oh my God, their life's perfect, but they might have a missing part of their life that you, you've been blessed with yeah. so never look at it in that way yeah yeah no I love that I love the positivity in that so we've now reached the end of our show it's been a bit of a tough one today it's a tough feel this one I would say, um, especially with kind of the ending of it. If anyone does need anyone to talk to, I mean, again, as we always say, our DMs are open. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter under Spill the Gee. Absolutely. Any questions? Um, you know, we, we've covered a lot of topics today. So even if it's not about the fertility side, it might be something about farts um, <laughs> yeah if you've got a question about farts you know get in touch with us we're here <laughs> but that's about it for this week uh we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you in the next one take care now bye, bye. Now, so instead, we'll use some geese.